and uh, I'll share a little bit about that in the message today. Uh, if you have a Bible and you would like to read along uh, in our passage that we're reading from today, we are in the book of Nehemiah, and we're going to be in Nehemiah chapter 9. And we're going to be reading verses 16 through 18. Nehemiah chapter 9, just before Job, if you're having trouble finding it. Chapter 9, and we're going to be reading verses 16 through 18. But they, our forefathers, became arrogant and stiff-necked and did not obey the commands. They refused to listen and failed to remember the miracles you performed among them. They became stiff-necked and in their rebellion appointed a leader in order to return to their slavery. But you are a forgiving God, gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in love. Therefore you did not desert them. Even when they cast for themselves an image of a calf and said, This is your God who brought you out of Egypt. Or when they committed awful blasphemies. Father, thank you for your word and thank you for the truth that we find inside your word. When we are intent to look beyond the words, to look deep down inside and to find the love of God that is located in the scarlet thread that runs from cover to cover and beyond. Father, we invite you into this time, and we invite you into this message, and Father, we invite you to again today to speak to, our, speak to our hearts that we might hear your truth that will set us free so that we in turn can go and set the world free. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, Amen. <clears throat> well, little did I know back in May when the Lord set up this sermon series that this particular message would fall on this particular day that uh, Larry could be here, that, that many of you quilters could be here again today. And uh, so today we're going to be, our, our message is the Lord, the Gracious, our series is entitled, Create God, Our Creator. And I'd like us, before we begin today, to remember that two weeks ago, we demonstrated through the scripture that our Creator is God, our Lord. God, our Lord. He's the Lord of all life. And we saw that life begins at conception, as Psalm 139, 13 through 15 tells us. Our creator is the Lord of all life. And that he's also the Lord of the harvest. You see, all that we are and all that we have and all that we ever hope to be is held in the palm, in the heart of God, our creator. He's the Lord of the harvest. And finally, we saw that inevitably... Finally, we saw inevitably that our creator, he is the Lord of 
all. He's the Lord of all. His name is Jesus. And because of the life that he lived, because of the life that he willingly laid down through his torturous death, because of the Father reaching down on the third day and breathing the breath of life back into his lungs and bringing him out of that tomb, and that he is alive today. Amen? Because of all of this and so much more than we can comprehend, he is the Lord of all. All. And last week we witnessed that our Lord of all, he's the Lord, the compassionate. He's the Lord, the compassionate. Our Lord is not an angry power monger, chess playing God in the sky. He's not. That's the myth that's been made up from the pit of hell. It's not the truth. The truth is in fact that he is the Lord, the compassionate. He is exactly who he describes himself inside the pages of the Bible. He's not seated at the right hand of the Father, shaking his head in disgust at what the world has become. No. The Lord is compassionate, and he demonstrated his compassion through the sacrificial act of the life of the Son of God. In fact, we saw last week that that, that is why he called Jonah to go to Nineveh. We saw that it's exactly who he is. Jonah knew that God was the Lord, the compassionate. And that's why Jonah boarded that ship bound for the opposite direction as Nineveh. Our world today is not unlike the world that the city of Nineveh was located in in Jonah's time. And at the end of the book of Jonah, after Jonah had preached his message of the coming judgment against the city of Nineveh, as Jonah was outside the city and awaiting the Lord to rain down hellfire and brimstone on those people, a shade vine that the Lord gave Noah to keep him cool. It died overnight, and Jonah was furious enough to die. You know, remember that story? He's mad enough to die. And do you know how the Lord compassionate responded to Jonah? I got it right today. The Lord said to Jonah, You have been concerned about this vine, though. You did not tend it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. But Nineveh, say that with me, but Nineveh, it has more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left and many cattle as well. God cares about the animals too. Should I not be concerned about that great city gets me every time the Lord is compassionate 
just as he says he is throughout Scripture, just as the Son of God demonstrated when he walked the face of the earth, the Lord, the Lord is compassionate. You see, God, our creator, is the Lord, the compassionate. And today, not only is he the Lord, the compassionate, but we also see that he is the Lord, the gracious. Say that with me. Lord, the gracious. Lord, the gracious. The context of our passage today, it takes place after the exile of the people of Judah and Jerusalem being taken to Babylon. After the exile. After King Cyrus of Persia allowed the Jewish people to return home. After Nehemiah went back and led the people to rebuild the wall around Jerusalem. The Israelites had gathered together. They had been fasting and wearing sackcloth. They had, they had placed dust or ashes on their heads as a symbol of humility and repentance to God. And they stood and they read from the book of the law. They confessed their sins and they worshipped the Lord their God. They worshipped him by recounting the Lord of all creation. That he's the Lord of all life. They worshipped the Lord that called Abram. They worshipped the Lord that remembered his chosen people that were in Egypt in slavery. And how the Lord delivered them. And how he led them in the wilderness by cloud by day and fire by night. They worshipped how he led them to Mount Sinai. Where the Lord gave them just and right regulations. He, he, he taught them how they were to live. To live well in life. He gave them the laws that if they observed them. They would give them peace with God. Say that with me. Peace with God. Isn't that what we want? We want peace on this earth. We want peace in our communities. We want peace in, in, in our state. We want peace in our country and in the world. We want peace. Where do we find peace? It's not found on this plane. Peace is found when we raise the eyes of our hearts to heaven and see God our creator and that he is Lord of all. They confessed that their forefathers had become arrogant and stiff-necked. They confessed that they did not follow the instruction and that they refused to listen. They failed to remember the miracles that the Lord performed among them. They wanted to return to slavery. These weren't people of our day. These were people that actually walked through the parted Red Sea. These were people that saw what had happened with the plagues. These were people that experienced their deliverance firsthand. And they wanted to go back to slavery. 
but then they profess that the Lord is forgiving. Our passage today. The Lord is a forgiving God. Oh, come on. I hope you're walking with me. The Lord is a forgiving God. He is. He's quick to forgive. Why? Because he is gracious and compassionate. And this is God's chosen people that we're talking about. People that knew full well about God's greatness. Because of all that they had witnessed, the mighty hand and the outstretched arm of the Lord their God. How much more for the other peoples of the world that were not God's chosen people? Come on. How much more for those people that do not know their right hand from their left? They do not know the Lord at all, let alone he's the Lord of all. That's why Jonah 4.11 is such a powerful verse for us to remember in our day and age. The people of the city of Nineveh were part of those people. They were not part of the chosen people. And yet the Lord said to Jonah, But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people that cannot tell their right hand from their left. Did they know their right hand from their left? Is that what God was talking about here? Wasn't talking about that. He was talking about they have no idea who I am. They have no idea right and wrong. They have no idea how to live a consecrated life to me. They have no idea how to find a life of prosperity that is only found in me and through my direction. They don't know. Should I not be concerned about that great city? Gets me every time. I pray it gets you every time. Because this might as well be the year 2022 in our country. God has not changed. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He hasn't changed. But America has more than millions of people that do not know their right hand from their left. Oh, they've lived, grown up in America. They've grown up around it. But they do not know because they have not entered into the waters with him. Have not entered into relationship with him. All they know is all of those angry people that just want us to change and be like them. That's not who God is. It's not. The Lord is compassionate. But greater still, we see the Lord is gracious. He's Lord the gracious. At least ten times when referring to the character of God, when he's referring to his character, when we are reminding ourselves in the Bible, 
we find at least 10 times that gracious and compassionate walk hand in hand together. So the Lord is letting us know this is important. You've heard if I've told you once, I've told you twice, I've told you a thousand times, right? What's the point of that phrase? You know full well. At least 10 times we are reminded that the Lord is gracious and compassionate. The Lord is compassionate and gracious. They are twins. They walk hand in hand. This is who the Lord our God is. This is the God that we worship. This is the God that we entered into relationship with. This is who he is. He's compassionate and gracious. That's who he is. Compassionate is what we feel when we see a limping, hurt dog. Compassionate is what we feel when we hear and see a baby crying uncontrollably and we don't know what's wrong. You know what I'm talking about, right? Ah! Compassion is what we feel when we go to a visitation for a family that has lost a loved one or a loved one that was unexpectedly taken from us. Compassionate for the people. Compassionate is an intense emotional feeling, just as was the case with the Lord regarding the people of the city of Nineveh, 120,000 of them that did not know the Lord, let alone his ways. But graciousness is different than compassionate. Gracious is action. In particular, gracious is what we do in response to compassion. Gracious acts upon feelings of compassion. Can you see that? We see a baby crying uncontrollably and the guys say, hey, somebody help. Right? Unless you're real good with babies. But most of the time, and the ladies say, oh, just get out of the way. Give the baby to me. And moms know what to do. They've had experience, right? God saw that the city of Nineveh was in deep, deep trouble. And he had compassion for the people of the city. And because he is gracious, he called somebody to go to Nineveh. Who did he call? I haven't heard it. Thank you. I knew you knew that. And when Jonah went the other way, because he didn't have compassion for the people of the city of Nineveh, when Jonah went the other way, the Lord compassionate graciously sent a whale. Right? He sent a storm first that was going to try and sink the boat. And then he graciously sent a whale that would get into the mouth of Jonah for a time until the Lord came, until Jonah came to his senses. Why? Because Jonah was to be 
his instrument of grace to the city of Nineveh. Do you see that? Jonah was the one to go and tell. And that's exactly what prompted God the Father to send his son Jesus to this earth. That is what prompted Jesus to cease to consider his equality with God as something he could grasp. That's in Philippians 2. That's why Jesus said yes. That's why he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. That's in Philippians 2 as well. You see, not only is the Lord compassionate, he is also the Lord, the gracious. And Larry, I know I looked up on the website, and I know that it was the Lord compassionate and gracious that inspired the heart of compassion in your parents as they drove past so many of those children playing by the side of the road when they were on their way to church on Sunday. And this compassion prompted them to pray. And then like Jonah, they heard God call them to go. And they went. The heart of compassion inspired them to graciously sell everything and to move to Rive Junction, a neighboring community of this community, so that they might provide a safe place where kids could come and hear the message of Jesus and his love for them and to do so without charge. We're 53 in their 54th year now. You see, friends, compassion feels. Gracious acts. Compassion feels and gracious acts. And then the whole world sees and knows who God, our creator, the Lord, really is. You see, that's the Lord. He's both compassionate in feeling and he's also gracious through action. Nothing of this world will ever be able to compare with this promise that we have in the Lord. The Lord, the compassionate, is also the Lord the gracious. So before we pray and enter into a time of prayer for Youth Haven as well as these quilts that the children will be wrapping themselves up in when it's cold, let's prepare our hearts to do so by shouting to the Lord.